another world, another time, in the age of wonder. A thousand years ago, this land was green and good, until the crystal cracked. For a single piece was lost, a shard of the crystal. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind, episode 414. My name is Scott Johnson, and I'm joined today by Brian Dunaway. <laughs> oh, hi. Hey, you guys. Hey, have you looked outside today? The suns are almost in conjunction, and you know what that means. It's time to sing the song of our people. Late 70s and early 80s kids join in. Conjunction, junction. What's Looks your so function? Good. Yeah, okay. Hey, I can't do this alone. <laughs> All right. Alone then. Hold up. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Hold up. Did anyone happen to catch Aerosmith Steven Tyler's appearance in this week's film? Yep, he played all the Gelfling parts. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Jen, that was him. Kira, also him. Kira. What? Boys don't have wings, silly. What are you, Steven Tyler? Also, <laughs> I enjoyed Bob Ross's head as Fizzgig, rolling, rolling, rolling around like a happy little tree that wants to bite your ankles. Well, the suns are all lined up. Time for the next intro. All right, together then. Oh, oh, <laughs> junction, junction. What's your function? Oh man. That was great. You remember that school schoolhouse rock? Oh, yeah. remember that? Just me. Right. No, no. Join the three sons and making the crystal. I'm only a bill. Dude, they're all great. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, they're the best. Uh I'll, okay, that was awesome. But also it ruins my next thing, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> also with us, Randy Oh Jordan. <laughs> oh, I said Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Yeah. Brian. Brian. Hi. Randy. What's what's this? Hmm. Microphone. Uh, oh, okay. So, what am I doing? <laughs> Greeting my friends. <laughs> Headphones on. <laughs> Cup of coffee. <laughs> Relieving constipation. <laughs> Sitting on toilet. <laughs> yeah. Is that the end? That's the end. <laughs> Does that make you a chambermaid or a chamberlain? I don't know what the chamberlain. The chamberlain. <laughs> the hammer. Every one of them was wearing depends. Yeah. That's the joke. Yeah. Every oh, one of them. Oh, got it. Depends. It depends. <laughs> Uh, also, Chamberlain, uh, Ham- we're going to call him the Hammond from now on, not the Hammond. Hammond, sure. There you go. Uh, also with us, and finally, Brian, hey, I thought David Bowie was in this thing, Ibbett. 
<laughs> Sarah. No, anyway. <laughs> I hold Kermit the Frog here, and I'm standing outside the Black Castle, where the Skeksis have just captured Kira and are strapping her down to some sort of chair. The Skeksis, one of the two races of creatures that were created when this world's crystal cracked, wiped out almost the entire race of Gelflings like Kira in an act of genocide. Oh my, now it looks like they are positioning some sort of refracting crystal towards Kira, which seems to be extracting something from her body. Let me see if I can get a closer look here. And uh, it seems to be her life essence. Oh gosh, which the Skeksis will drink in order to keep themselves looking young. Um, Mr. Henson, are you sure this is a Muppet film? I <laughs> have <laughs> oh, so many questions about the essence and what it is and where it oh, comes from. True story. Uh, Did you oh, guys I was enjoying? Uh, I was enjoying you sort of lapsing a little bit into Shaggy. Into Shaggy. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I like. I did that thing like three or four times as a test, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, you're, if if once I start to get into the panicking Kermit, it does start to veer into Shaggy Town. <laughs> yeah, panicking Kermit. I'm impressed is, is that none only... of us did uh, Yoda because that was the the much more like on yeah. the nose thing you hear a lot in Dark Crystal. I, I almost did Statler and Waldorf, but I needed two people for that one. Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> I heard them a couple of times. It was kind of. Oh! That- I love those Texas. Oh, yeah, those guys were dicks. They're the best dicks. Uh, So, uh, the Dark Crystal is the movie. If you couldn't tell, Um, a lot of you at home are probably like, "Wait a minute, what?" I'll tell you what. uh, There's a few of you, some '90s kids maybe, who remember uh, the awesome. They still put out great work, but the awesome uh, electronic band, uh, the Crystal Method. And uh, they put out a track on their debut album called, the, the album was called Vegas, but it was full of just amazing tracks that really skyrocketed those guys. And they went on to use a lot of those songs in movies and things. But you may not know that the original uh, first song on that album, the album Vegas, it's called Trip Like I Do. And its introduction is an homage to this film. In fact, it takes sound samples from it and everything. And so... When I hear this intro right here, this thing I played earlier. Another world. Another Another time. time. Okay, that whole thing? Yeah. Listen Mm -hmm. to this. I'll just play a part of it. Uh, The the parts that matter are where you hear the voice. So here you go. Ripped right from this movie. Another world. Another time. (laughs) In the age of wonder. There's more. Another world. Another time. His land was green and good until the crystal cracked. Okay, there's one more little bit. The power of their source. The crystal. Anyway, the whole song's got like wow. bits and pieces of the Dark Crystal in it. And what's crazy is I was super into that album, but I I wasn't putting two and two together until I'd seen the movie later. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that little connection out there early so people could go nuts and go listen to cool. Vegas because it's a fantastic album. I can't album. name a better album to put in your car and drive around the city at night. You are you are correct, <laughs> sir. That is absolutely the truth. And the only one I would say even comes close is their newest one, which is really good. Yeah, their um, new album's real good. It's fantastic. It's like a real return to form for them. But uh, but yeah, there was just something special was, about that record. I was riding around the other night with some uh, Information Society uh, 
playing some pure energy for some nice. reason that was just that was striking me oh another example of that too right like samples yeah, of star trek from the sci-fi thing yeah yeah exactly. it, was, it was uh star trek and mccoy and all that it's awesome by the way uh brian ibbett yes sir uh tonight at agave in avon colorado uh crystal method oh, oh really uh, <laughs> nice that's tonight yeah maybe yeah, that's can... that's uh that's pretty far that's well it's not, that's out by Vale, and uh, that's all the ski oh, resort. but is that crystal method saying. far how yeah. far is it <laughs> but that's all the hippies i'm live. only gonna go if it's only the original members yeah right that's true which is true <laughs> it is a, there are there's only two so yes they're, i know they're yeah, both there. Exactly. uh well anyway uh, just a small detour there but yeah the film uh dark crystal directed by jim henson and frank oz jointly um these two have been working together forever this is post yoda so this would have been a couple years after empire strikes back uh so frank oz still kind (laughs) of still kind of pulling from the yoda sound uh deep down in his throat um it was written by jim henson and the screenplay was written by david odell i don't know who that is but uh it is this weird ass idea that i guess jim henson had had in his head forever and wanted to make and, and wanted I just, to make a I practical, just want to interrupt you. Yeah. D- David Odell was like the most prolific writer on the Muppet show. Oh, I didn't know right. that. Okay. Oh, so cool. that's how they that's how they knew each other and he was he was like brought in cuz you know that they'd had this concept for a while for years and he was brought in to to really tighten it into a screenplay. I watched a lot of behind the scenes in the making of the Dark Crystal stuff last worth, night. Worth worth doing, by the way. Is it's some definitely. nifty stuff about um how they make scenes work and everything i mean the entire film how is many all... people it takes to operate a, a skexis or a <laughs> right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's a lot hey, who's Same. gonna who's gonna run these land striders <laughs> <laughs> dude those land striders are so badass and scary when i was a kid i just thought these are the weirdest things i've ever seen i mean now i can look at it and go oh that's a dude hunched over with two sets of stilts it, i mean i but get it, it but it still yeah. freaks me out anytime i go to like you know like a mardi gras kind of thing where somebody's walking around on stilts i'm like don't do that yeah yeah weird. i mean this this world exists because somebody said uh, one time oh you know what that scary looking thing i think i'm gonna try yeah. and write it yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Right. <laughs> i'm gonna get on top of that and see what happens so yeah. I w- and, and you just reminded me i want to go back to the first thing any of us said about the movie this week when the first one of us started watching it, which was Brian, <laughs> who I, I just want to, I just want to yeah. get your take. Like, yeah. did that persist for you? That, that sensation, the, the sensation that I thought it was a stoner film or the sensation <laughs> yeah. of like looking at, yeah. Yeah. looking at, uh, cause that was my comment that, yes, I said, yeah. wow, this is <laughs> such a stoner film. And it's funny because I put in a couple jokes and then I'm like, Oh no, I'm taking these out of our slack. I might use these for the show. Right. So I'm holding on to them. So hopefully you guys didn't see them. But um I do I, I definitely feel like that. But I don't feel like it was like like stoners sitting around in a um in a you know big cloudy room playing Pac-Man on the ColecoVision or something. Um, right. sorry, stoners out there who are out there playing ColecoVision in a smoke-filled room. Yeah. I think it's more like the using it to expand your mind into kind of not having any limitations on what you think you can come up with for this film so more like lsd a little bit right yeah but i don't see henson dropping dropping some ass not not during this time but some something tells me and i love i'm a henson head i love jim henson he's like one of my heroes of all time i'm not saying that it's outside my believability that i believe that he might have you know 
dropped acid maybe in his his you, you think know, he his formative 30s, years which would have been more yeah. in more in that time frame sure he, i'm not I, saying he, yeah, i'm just saying it, it would shock me yeah well that's an, and we all know that that's how he came up with that one muppet that looks like uh ernie that throws fish at people <laughs> <laughs> but i just want to something i just want to i want to remind the audience uh the listener we we know the difference between acid and uh marijuana um, oh, yeah, yeah for sure it, it's it's it is it is a fine distinction though to uh, talk about the difference between movies that that are like they portray an acid trip or whatever, and movies that it seems like someone had to be taking acid in order to make the movie. Like that's that's very different, and yeah. uh, it's it's the same with stoner films. Like there are movies that you should get stoned and watch. Like this is the end or super bad. You know that series of films, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's movies where someone there's no way they were stoned. That when they made it for you, like Donnie Darko or this movie, Dark Crystal, there's no way these guys were high. They this was difficult. It took a to lot make. of technical yeah. Yeah. achievement, yeah. but I think, but the the uh, drawing phase, the storyboarding, right. oh yeah, that was uh... <laughs> the late night discussions of what you're gonna do next. Exactly. Dude. All right, how about this? Let's let's have a thing that like lives under the muck, and uh, and she calls it, and it just rises up and lifts him up, and it looks like a big. Uh, oh, that then the next fish scene, the Skeksis eating eating their young. Yeah, bastards. Yeah, they're gross. Those guys. I mean, it, it really is quite yeah. the vision, right? Like it is a, it is. it's yeah. a, it's pretty singular. I can't think of anything else that, that's like it. Um, it's very the the only thing that seems familiar to me is the the more times I see it, the more I'm convinced that the the Gelflings themselves are basically Sam and Frodo. Um, yes. Ab- yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're, absolutely. they're sent this into the more- heart of Mordor to, to take yeah. an object and jam it back into whence it came. And, uh, they, and the sticks are kind of a bunch of Ga- Gandalfs, yeah. you know, a my, little bit. My first, yeah. my first note was this is more Lord of the Rings than the Lord of the Rings ever was, because mm. it was just spot on for me. It's like Pfft. it's I, also very, I mean, <clears throat> it's reminiscent of that. What's it, who who did the weird animated Lord of the Rings in the seventies? What was his name? Ralph Bakshi. Ba- ba- yeah, there is a Bakshi quality. Well, you to some say of Balky? It? Yeah, Balky. I couldn't say it. Yeah, Balky. Cousin, cousin Balky. Cousin Balky. Um, <laughs> no, but there's something about it that's also in that weird vain yeah. it's hard to explain but it's just very well, he much was, of, a, of its wasn't time. that one of the things he was wasn't he like uh wasn't he like jim henson into that at that point in time wasn't he into uh his work uh well what do you mean into his work you mean oh you mean into Bakshi's work maybe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i don't i don't know been, i imagine these guys were all influenced by each other yeah right because this yeah. is just such this is just such like all right if you give me the money i'm gonna go i'm gonna i have this vision and i'm gonna do it and the movie was both successful and notorious and not at the same time. Because in some ways, this is just very off-putting. You take your kids to see this, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is freaking scary. Look yeah, at these beetle oh, things. They, they, they committed genocide. They wiped out half this race. And now they're, the, the, the remaining ones, they're going to drink their essence to make themselves just younger. Yeah, and your, your Obi-Wan role is this crazy lady who holds her eyeball in her hand. And there's a... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For the record, I think she looks more like Steven Tyler than the... Uh, yeah, I thought, that, I thought <laughs> that's Elmer. where he was going. I was sure that's where he was going. But, but not you know, only that, like uh, the, the people, the the, uh, the the beetle things, the crab beetles. Yeah. 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 That's oh, enough yeah. to make you a grown man shit his pants. Right. Well, you know, Henson had, was trying to break out of being known as just the, you know, the guy who makes kid stuff because uh, Sesame Street, you know, was very, very much right. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, he was looking, you know, cause he, uh, from the interviews I've seen with him, he was always, he was more interested in entertaining young adults or adults 
than he was. Like, <clears throat> well, it's not like any of this is intrinsically adult. It's just that it's it's just so weird. Well, it's, it's it's adult subject matter. I mean, we're we're dealing with uh, some pretty heady thoughts. Yeah, right? and the, we, the, the, the we, uh, no, go ahead, Randy. Go ahead. I, yeah, I want to get back to like the foundation and basics of this before we build on that. Yeah. Like, like uh, there are probably people listening right now who, have, like me, are sort of just watched it for the first time like Whoa! i Ooh, i am certain I forgot about that i'm certain that i saw it as a kid i did not remember a single beat in anywhere in the <laughs> film watching it mm-hmm. so it was like watching it fresh mm-hmm. and new and there's just a lot of things to like go whoa okay so for starters what an incredibly good transfer on netflix yeah, oh yeah so good looks and i gotta compliment great. netflix for yeah that was not Netflix because it was on oh, Prime. Amazon, right? yeah. Sorry, Amazon Prime. Okay, right. Amazon Prime. Right. Sorry, right. whatever. Right. It, like, I am so impressed, and I'm absolutely certain that someone like Scott, who watched this movie quite a few times mm-hmm. as a kid yeah. or as a young person, saw a way inferior uh, oh, visual yeah. <laughs> uh, experience. Guaranteed. Like theater-wise, yeah. fine. I saw it there, but uh, everything else was like VHS. Eventually, I think I may have seen a DVD, but it's been a staple in this house as the kids were growing up uh for whatever reason i just felt it was important for them to see the dark crystal and they all love it uh so we'll watch it occasionally just because it's streaming or we'll be reminded that it's a thing we haven't seen for a while so i saw it probably two months ago with carter and then maybe a year before that with nick and carter at some point or something so it's not it's 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 always kind of on tap around here in terms of like a family favorite um and so I have very I fond we, feelings for it, and that's why I'm anxious. Well, I'm I'm excited to talk to you guys about it because I know we have like a a table full of different experiences as to their approach to this movie or what impact it may have had on them or whatever. Yeah, and, and I'd be willing to say that um, this is easily the second time I've seen the film. The first time being in theaters in you know in the '80s with uh, with my dad. Yeah. Uh, dragging him to see this and and you know what he and I did stuff like this all the time. The other watch movies like this, so I'm sure he did enjoy it from that perspective but boy tina <laughs> watching it watching it the other night and i don't know she she thinks she saw it as a kid but she looked at me about 10 15 minutes into this after after uh chamberlain had given like about 12 oh, <laughs> and said is he gonna be effing doing that through the entire movie yes he is every five seconds i mean it's a bit uh, uh, hmm I mean, I think it it's, really. The, the, let's just get to the character of that. I think that <laughs> I think that it actually suits the character to be that annoying. But there yeah. is a point where you're like, you know, the more you do that, the more you're you're just going to be the joke of this movie. Like you're going to be the. If somebody says to you, "Hey, remember Dark Crystal?" Your first reaction is like, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and it's yeah. and it's also it's also so entirely the exact thing that Yoda does over and over and over that it makes you feel like frank oz doesn't have uh any other tricks in his like bag, a range, you know? yeah <laughs> yeah which and we know he does because from other stuff but you're right sure. like on display here it feels like maybe this is like he peaked <laughs> he peaked with yoda and now he's like <laughs> he's just doing or Yoda like maybe things. maybe maybe frank oz has a bunch of range but he thinks this is really good yeah. maybe like that's he just thinks this is what the kids maybe. want in the maybe movie, he was, maybe he was sick of doing it, and Jim kept saying, "Do that thing, do it again, right? Do, do that again. noise again, do that noise again." <laughs> yeah. I love that part. I'll tell you what's crazy, and this is the first time I've noticed this, but I've noticed this lately when I've watched various Jim Henson projects. Uh, when he was the puppeteer, and he played Jen in this, he well, he was the performer right. for it. The voice was somebody else. Um, so the main character, the main Gelfling little thing, 
And there is a cadence and movement and, and rhythm to the way that Jim Henson puppeteers that mm-hmm. is now recognizable to me. So when I watch a movie where I, where he's got the hand up the butt of the puppet, I can tell it's him. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's almost yeah. like his, it's in, it's his movement and his well, style is inescapably his. And I can't not know that it's him under there, no matter who he's playing. And I think even further, I don't think he, I don't think it's just one. I think he's, he's got a really amazing ability to make the different characters when he's controlling them move in different ways, depending on the character. Like, I don't think that, that Kermit moves the same way as, um, as Jen in this film or, or things like that. I mean, I, I know Jim Henson's behind both of those and I'm pretty sure that he's, to use your words, that got his hand up both of their butts, but, um, but I think that they move differently and they, they, uh, they flow differently and they're absolutely because yeah because kermit has kind of a bebop kind of thing right he's very chill laid back kind of kind of like just bebops back and forth where jen jen is very he's almost shoulders slumping not real confident and just yeah it's almost i guess what i'm saying is it's almost like an accent like i can hear the accent of the movement yes And and i like that i think that's a that's a sign of a guy who is you know, singular his in his game. Like no one's 100%. better than this guy. Like hundred percent. He should still be alive. And it freaking sucks my butt that he died from pneumonia or whatever it was. So, so young. He was early forties, right? Yeah, he was 42 is all. And 42. he died of, um, he, so, so the story goes that his, he was raised seventh day Adventist and they were, uh, that their particular belief system in their home was don't go to the doctor. It's, you know, it's not the thing to do. Well, he wasn't necessarily adhering to that but always had this hesitancy to ever go. It's like, if something's wrong, eh, I'm fine. It'll, I'll, it'll, I'll get over it. It'll pass. My whole life. I... And then he ended up being just too sick once and it got too far. And they, you know, when they finally rushed him in, it was too late, but it sucks. Cause just what a dude, like what a, mm-hmm. yeah. what a singular. So, vision. And what, what was coming, right. What was coming forth? Because he was really hitting his stride. We uh, got, uh, right after this, uh, labyrinth was after this. Right. Um, which is, you could argue what you see on display here and then mixed with some commercial success like like that's labyrinth mm-hmm. but he had a million i mean Henson workshop was doing a million things back yeah, it's weird it's, it's so weird much. to say that that uh, uh labyrinth is a mainstream film but compared to this it totally is like it's right, a way right. more accessible film for for uh all the ages that would go and see it. Yeah, plus you had big names in it. You had David Bowie in it. You had, yeah, you know, Bowie. Yeah. what's her name? And you, had live, you had live people, and I think that might be, maybe that is what makes it a little bit more accessible, is it is an entirely um, Muppet cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that was what's interesting to me about uh, The Dark Crystals, because I've seen interviews with Jim Henson. At the time, he said uh, this was, this was you know, the, the project he was most proud of. This was the thing, you know, it was finally... You know, no, no human characters, just all nothing but Muppets in this world that was entirely Muppetful. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where he was trying to get. And I think think he uh, that craft was so important to him. I I can't you know, I don't want to speak for the late, great Jim Henson, but it's clear here. I mean, okay, in in the world of let's say now, let's say Jim Henson was in his prime now and was making stuff now. Would he? be into the idea that where he couldn't get couldn't do it with puppetry he'd lean on cgi to 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 make those striders or to do the you know i don't know i i I, it feels like no like it feels like sacrilege to say that and when somebody says oh you hear they're remaking it yes they are they're doing a mini series on netflix 
-hmm. and it's coming soon and I'm excited about it, but I'm also slightly worried they're going to cheat. And he didn't cheat. He was always like, I'll figure out a way to make the angle work. I'll figure out a way to make the kid, uh, the Gelfling work. And and if it was a faraway shot with him climbing up the side of that lava tube, lava tube. Yes. I I wrote the same thing. I was like, Oh, it's lava tube down there. Sweet. Yes. Um, uh, it was great. Yeah, no, I watched the uh, the thing this morning. I watched uh, the making of, or not the making of, the teaser for Dark Crystal Age of Shoot. Age of Resistance. The Age of Shoot. Age of Resistance. Age of Shoot. <laughs> um, and a prequel. Uh, no, they are being so, it is a prequel. Yeah, like way before mm-hmm. Jen and Kira. Um, they are being so true to the method of creating these characters. I mean, it's all puppets, no CGI. Mm. I'm so glad it's going to be as uh, paying as much honor to the original is as uh, it sounds I, like same here I that's awesome if i wonder if they're gonna do lots of paintings and process shots though like they're that that's the like the real story of the film visually for me is how seamlessly for me for my eyes i i noticed these beautiful worlds that were just painted right there next to the people you know the puppets that you're seeing right. this right. kind of thing like yeah. i I just I wonder because now nowadays you can just create those things you know throw up a green screen and you can have uh, you know you can I, I I can't even tell you know yeah I think that anything that involves like a big vista guaranteed that will be the modern take that'll be the modern way of doing a matte painting they'll this right. will be right. a, a digital uh, comp- composite of of foreground and background and that's fine I don't have a problem with that. Like do that because that's just the version of what we used to do, and it's and it's tightened up right. and it's easier. What I'm saying is like any character related stuff, any of that interaction, movement, dialogue stuff, just just go as true to the puppetry as you can and and practical as you can because I just think there's a quality to that that will resonate with people. And I mean, I'm not that picky. If it came out and there was some CGI stuff, it's fine. I don't care that much. I'm more more importantly to me the the story kind of lives on because if you can't tell already, I really adore this thing. I think it's right. I think it's weird and strange, and you could even argue that it's you know aesthetically maybe some of it doesn't hold up as well or some of the vocal stuff. I don't know, but I th- I still think it's one of the greatest weirdest things i ever saw in my life i'll tell you what holds up all the way and it's something that i've seen many times over the years so i i was prepared to see it again uh this viewing and i was still blown away and i don't get it and that is the magic of when the emperor skexis dies and the face crumbles yeah oh yeah Yeah. that is what kind of black dark art (laughs) made that scene I don't get it. I is it is it stop motion? I don't even want to know. I don't want to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's what unbelievable. I it, yeah, it looked kind of really like stop good. motion, but I don't know. He was he, Jim Henson. You know, he's he's practical, but also he would get things done. So I don't know if it was stop motion or not. I don't uh, think so. It didn't have the stop no, motion it, quality. I did, it yeah, felt I think like I think because he, he found in. a way to he found he found a way to use like air bladders to like. Uh, uh, to, to have t- faces, to faces, uh, you know, to getting old to and or zombified. Yeah, 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 right. And so, um, interested in that. Well, I hope, tech- I, I hope that the new, uh, hope the new series is uh, is faithful to the visual language that uh, Jim Henson used uh, in in the first one because there was a lot of shots that were shot kind of at you know like ground level, very very you know very much on the ground uh, to avoid. Showing the puppeteers who are who are doing uh, the puppeteering, 
And also, but he 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 married that in with these great long shots mm-hmm. uh, that were just very wide and like like Randy was saying earlier with these big huge vistas of, oh, of visual pleasure. There there are yeah. scenes yeah. where like the 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 Gandalf types, whatever they're called, I forget the the, uh, the mystics is what they're called. Mystics, in the, mystics yeah, they're right. called the mystics in the movie, when but they, they actually they have another name. Big silhouette, almost like uh, they'd use in a western or something where there's horses, yeah. but where they're out walking across the you know making their pilgrimage. It's still just like whoa dude that is so badass and so yeah. realized and so like those creatures themselves were hunched over dudes in those costumes <laughs> and i don't and, know how they were moving around at all like like what a what a performance from from people whose bodies have to right. crunch down <laughs> and smush into places they shouldn't be and and oh, it's so good oh i i loved how um i loved how jim henson and frank oz visually once again brought the the paintings and the artwork of Brian Froud, who who worked really close with Jim Henson during this time, uh, so, so a lot of those scenes were like you know characters were uh, in the foreground as well as midground and and long shots, and it was just oh it was just so beautiful. Yeah, and see that's the thing that um, I wouldn't say I'm not going to say I'm worried about for the um, for the prequel series. But that's the thing that I think we have to just kind of prepare ourselves for is that, all right, yeah, they are going to be doing puppetry. They are going to be staying true to the um, the, the source material for that. But right. come on, there have been innovations in, in puppetry and puppet making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are going to be those things that are like, oh, wow, this just feels newer. And I think we got to prepare ourselves to just let let that sit back and enjoy that and not feel like it's. It's uh, it's not the dark crystal that I remember because right, you know right. it looks like they can actually eat with those utensils instead <laughs> right. of like poking their faces with food. And, right, there is a quality also, to the Skeksis like dinner scene that is hard to yeah. replicate because they really are just kind of stabbing themselves in the head and not really <laughs> yeah. not very coordinated at all. And you're right, the the animatronics part of puppetry has gotten so good mm-hmm. uh, that you're not going to have dead eyes. You're going to have eye movement. You're going to have blinking yeah. that feels natural. You're going to have Lots of stuff. I have no problem with that. Like that's a that's a field and a technical end of this that he innovate that he pioneered, and this is just it growing and iterating. And I I think that's a tribute to I, to Henson. I have no problem with that either. Yeah. A okay. thing we also need to prepare ourselves in this uh, new series is it is going to have a thousand times more depth of story. There's going yeah. to be so much more information and so much more dialogue and so on. And it, like, it, it's almost like I wish that it wasn't a prequel and connected because like you just can't, you, you can't do what this movie does in like a, a almost a, like a, a Darth of storytelling. Seriously. Mm-hmm. This is the simplest story ever. Right. They like, there are things that could benefit from a little more explanation. Like, how did the shard end up in a box in this place? And then he happens to go there. Like it's like, no, we're just gonna we're just gonna take you straight from beginning to end. Right. Uh, yeah, but I this, think that I think that that kind of doesn't hurt them. It does help them. They're, that they've got basically this wide open field of story to write because this one is fairly simple. You know, they've got all this material. It's like, all right, well, we've got we've got these eight blocks that we just have to make sure that we hit, that we connect. You know, the mm-hmm. the um, the splitting of the Uru and the Skeksis, the, right. the the murder, the the massacre of the Gelflings, things like that. Or this will probably take place before the massacre, or maybe it'll include the massacre ooh, of the Gelflings. I don't know, ooh, but um, a lot of puppet death. But really, yeah. I mean, they've got they have so much open. I feel like they've got. Well, 
so much they, open field to work with. They do have a lot of open field, and but they also there's a lot of uh, already written. I don't know if you guys have read any of the comics or looked at the, any of the the story that's already there. But there's oh, is it canon? Is it canon? <laughs> is, exactly, exactly. Is it canon? Is going to be the question. I don't yeah. think you know. Certainly, it's not. The comics not, were uh, popular, as I recall. Yeah, I yeah. That being and I don't, don't know. The fan base is not as big as like what Star Wars was as sure. a canon. So, but it's still, it, it's got it's there's there's a lot of story there. Uh, if you go back and read that, you'll a lot of the questions you may have had from the movie are kind of already answered. Yeah. Uh, the other thing cool about it is so there's some cool things about it when it originally happened. For example, at the time it was made, it was hailed as the only live action film in which human characters make no appearances, with the exception of wide shots of the Gelflings who would be little kids. Where's the people? Um, but that was just to you know get your you had to get your. <laughs> climbing up the lava tube <laughs> shot right. and you couldn't do it with a puppet so they did that deep roy right isn't uh, yeah, yeah, oh was, yeah he's in this a bunch yeah. you're right deep roy yeah. is in this he's our star trek connection today as well and you, you know and it kind of that was like one of the things that has always kind of bothered me about the movie uh because it is so obvious when they're you know doing you know the close-up shots that it's you know it's being it's a puppet but then when it's it's a longer shot you know, See, now this is what I thought. That's what I thought when I got in here. However, yeah. this viewing, for whatever reason, maybe I just shut my brain off on that. I think there is. it's impossible for your brain to not go, ooh, he's moving like a person. That's crazy. Right. And, and then not think of the difference. Like, it's impossible to, to not notice that. But this viewing, I just found that really seamless. Like, yeah. him catching. There's a scene. I'm not even sure if it was the puppet or a kid. Or or Deep Roy, Deep Roy. but when when she <laughs> threw the crystal in the air and he caught it, the catching oh, yeah. of the crystal felt so good. Look, looked so. I made a right. gif of it. I liked it so much. Uh, looked so natural that I thought, is that a kid? Is that a puppet? Like I don't know. And it and when she it when she was throwing me. it, I was I was thinking, how good are gifflings at throwing and catching? I've never. I haven't. I don't have any type of you know. They're known for three things. For comparison, <laughs> right, right. They're known for three things. They are. They look like a Thunderbird marionette had sex with a werewolf, and the werewolf only got halfway done. The werewolf's halfway done with its transformation. You always get that long nose. Uh, and I hadn't considered your um, the <laughs> comparison to what's-his-name earlier, but they always look yeah, like Steven that. Tyler. Steven Tyler. But then they also – what was my other thing I was going to say? I was going to make some <laughs> other comment, and I can't think of it. But they – yeah, like they're – they're a weird, what a weird little freaking weird thing those things are. Like they're just weird yeah. and they, they're discordant. And when they look at you, you know they're puppets, but they're also kind of weirdly realistic and they're creepy and their eyes stare through you and they leave yeah, an they, impact, they were, man. They were even creepier than the podlings, which is it's really hard to do because those are basically potato people. And uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> If there's if there's a shared universe between this and, and Labyrinth, I swear it's those potato people. Yeah, <laughs> the potato. I oh, that's funny because yeah. in the in my uh, okay, sorry, sorry to go all over the place, but I think Ibit and I were talking on TMS about this. I can't remember, but I always think mm. oh, yeah. that this is the movie with the old man riding a dog. Ah, yes, you think it is, yeah, but that's the <laughs> that's guy hilarious. from Labyrinth. And yeah. the dog here, I always think is the dog in Labyrinth. Like I've completely swapped those two in my head. And as often as I see this movie, you'd think I'd have it worked out, uh, but I don't. Uh, it, but I cannot stop thinking about that and getting those confused every time, even this time. I was like, and, oh and yeah. It's but- real easy to because we're talking about the creator is Jim Henson, and secondarily, uh, or more importantly, in my opinion, is Brian Froud's vision 
uh, and character creations because they're very uh, they they're both very similar here. They're so cool though. Oh my gosh, the concepts. Yeah. I mean, Brian, uh, I, you briefly talked about the big fish looking thing that's in the yes, river. Right, the, the thing that raises uh, Jen up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got Ooh, little kids. Uh, if we find out later, he's got little pupae next baby, to it. Uh, right. Little baby worms. There's I'm something good. about I'm these designs. They're frightening yet. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Incredible stuff. Like, yeah. And all made out of like somebody had to make that shit. You didn't have to just right. model this out and freaking 3D Studio Max and make it move. <laughs> Like no, you, would, you had to carve for for eight seconds of film time. You had to probably spend yeah. three weeks building a puppet and building animatronics or building you know armature and stuff like that. Yeah, to make it work. just like just At, just thinking about hollowing that out and making it look good is such craft, man. Right, so but cool. but look at the faces of those kids when they were seeing that. I mean, it was totally worth yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah. totally worth it. Made that. our lives. Well, he's yeah. like, see, that's the thing about Henson. He's like a stop motion animator at heart. Even though they're totally different crafts, it's still this thing about convincing, convincingly having a character in front of you that you go, oh, okay, that looks real. Or that looks real in the world that it's set in. So you never once question it. You never go, I never once looked at any of these scenes and went, oh, well, that's clearly a, there's a hand up that guy's butt making a move. Like it's just, (laughs) it's magic, but it takes so much work to achieve it. It's crazy, crazy stuff. Man, Uh, the the fight choreography, because... Uh, that was i think i appreciated that more this viewing than i have in the past uh but the the when the when the when the crab people they got a name i can't recall it right uh, now grogmlins Gar- uh, Gar- 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 i can't remember anyway Gar- Gar- when they're fighting the the land striders man that whole that whole scene is like pretty impressive garthrum 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 Garth- yeah. yeah um I, yeah i Again, I don't want to. I don't want to come across as as overly cynical about the film, but th- like that just reminds me of a bunch of little things that I'm like, what were they thinking? Like, what were they thinking having this challenge between two Skeksis that it involves swinging a sword at another Dude. crystal? There's some other. There's <laughs> other crystal. It's cool. Well, not another a crystal. Just stone. a just a stone. Yeah. Isn't that a rock? It's Jenga. It's basically they're playing anti Jenga. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it's like, what were they, what were they thinking that this would be the best, like the best thing they could do with all of these puppets and all of this stuff? Admittedly, like I'm, I'm an adult, right? Like I was a kid, I would have been so like, yeah, I want to grab a sword, sword and swing it and bam and see what happens and like uh, I totally get that and that's really cool, but it's like uh, also, how does a shard, how does a crystal crack? And a shard comes out of it as though you hollowed out that part. Like straight up, I was like, you could give you. I could give you a thousand crystals and say, "All right, crack these," (laughs) and they would never. That would never happen. No, it's a little unbelievable. Yeah, you know what it's like. It reminded me of, and it always does. And ever since I had this done, but it's weird that I think of this every time. But it reminds me of a filling I lost once. So (laughs) I had a tooth that had a filling that was long and shard-like that was. That when it came out in a potato eating moment, it came wow. out. It came out just like that, like like lifted out like a like oh a God. like a column out of my tooth. And so when I'll I have see to that, wait for the convergence to happen. <laughs> so whenever I see that, it's a crown now and doesn't matter. But back in the day, it was drove me nuts. So when I'd see this movie, I was like, oh, it's just like my tooth, and my my tooth would like phantom hurt when I'd see it. But uh, yeah, wow. that's pretty cool. <laughs> But you're yeah. right, Randy's not wrong. But that's the beauty you know, of a production like this. You can 
getting... you're thinking of earth crystals, Randy. I mean, earth crystals crack in a very yeah. specific way that we this can probably thra- predict. This is, yeah. this and is also Thrin Crystal, or what is the thra- name of it? Thra is the name of the planet. But thra. there's, if you look at the history, it's actually the uh, the Skeksis, and uh, they're they're supposed to be aliens, and so they're actually not of Thra. They're well, they're I, like also Brian. Right. Only Agra uh, is of Thra. Right. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We don't have any experience doubles. operating on these things in the age of wonder. We're living in the age of blunder. It's a totally different <laughs> thing. <laughs> the age of blunder. Uh, but no, like the the the. You're right. It's a it's a world leaving. There's a lot of stuff left up to our imagination. So this planet, who is it? Well, okay, Agra is a, a Thrawn or whatever. Uh, and then what are the little potato people? I guess they're also natives of. Thra. Yeah, they're natives. Yeah, everybody is. Everybody is from Thra except for uh, except for well, the, the, mis- and, the mystics and the mystics. Right, those yeah. are the podlings. Yeah. Right, and the mystics and the Skeksis are not of this place. I mean, they have been for thousands of years because of the split. But the thing I forgot this is the other thing. As much as I see this movie, and I just saw it a few months ago. I yeah. always forget about them combining into the freaking glowy, uh, yeah, yeah, smart. Yeah, and that for each one, I, I love that. I do love that uh, that element to this. That for every Skeksis, there is an Uru, and when the yeah. Skeksis dies or when the Uru dies, the, the you know they basically die in tandem. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that pissed me off though <laughs> because I you can't help but identify with the Mystics. You can't help it. The mystics are the good guys. The sure, sexists are bad. So I'm like, yeah. I, I would be a mystic too. But to think that there's a bad guy out there somewhere who could just get in a fight and die, and then I have to die? Yeah, no, that's, that's right. Right. That sucks. It's like, like when the... the Jedi and the Sith are all perfectly paired up, and as soon as uh, you know Darth Maul dies, oh no, Qui Gon's gonna die. Oh wait a minute. Yeah, it's like when uh, uh, <laughs> Professor Dick Cheese fell down the lava tube, that automatically <laughs> killed this. This, uh, you know, the mystic that was just out there doing his business. And the thing is about that guy, about that mystic is, here's what made me mad. It's first of all, it's just sad that he has to go uh, suddenly without any part of, you know, doing anything himself. But the biggest problem I have with it is he has also just spent four days walking at about one foot per hour, just (laughs) making this horrible long journey. And then poof, you're you're dead. I love how the, I love how the mystics reacted too, because they all kind of turn around and say, <laughs> no, ah, crap. Yeah. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like we gotta keep going, guys. But <clears throat> and then their whole their Jedi mind trick is where they just all sing together, it makes the, the Beatles move out yeah. of the way. It's just yeah. too funny. I as you can tell I'm getting very excited here. I I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Something about this movie. And I know there are a lot of listeners. We're getting a lot of feedback leading up to this episode saying Oh my gosh, my favorite movie from my childhood. I'm so excited you guys are doing this. Um, I'm right there with them. Like I don't really have a lot of bad stuff to say, so I feel like I'm biased and not. I'm not going to be a good steward of the normal film sack. Like, what problems yeah. do I have? Because I just really don't have any. Yeah, this is a, this is so tied in my childhood. So, it, it would be hard for me to divorce it from. All right, so let's get to but, let's get to the other problem. So, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. not going to have that I'm issue. Just kidding. No, no. <laughs> Uh, it's, no, you know what? And it's funny. As as much as I'm sorry, as much as I want to rip on this thing, I'm having a hard time doing it too. The worst thing I could complain about is that it's like, ah, it feels like a stoner movie. Nah. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's what that's what I was gonna say. Is this is one of those films that it feels wrong to rip on it, like because yeah. you can tear down anything, and sometimes they absolutely deserve it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they didn't age well, and then sometimes it's like, 
wow, I just can't, I don't know, I don't have the heart or I don't have the cold black heart yeah. to, you know, <laughs> to, to rip on this. Like, yeah, I felt like a lot of the exposition wasn't expository at all, mm. it, you know, like, but okay like i i still sat there and grinned at the movie while it was doing that you know? i was worried that yeah. you were gonna come at this one um swing like you did well like you did with time bandits so this would have been your first viewing of this and when we did time bandits it was your first viewing and i know how that can be if you've never seen a thing but you've heard about it and people talked about it for years and years but it's just for whatever reason you didn't see it and then you get around to it you don't have the 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 stuff i was just talking about the weird childhood connection that that it seems like this bubble that you can never break. Instead, you're coming at it as an adult and you can, you know, look at it from those eyes. And so I was worried that it would be less free or, you know, that you would, you, that you would really dislike this. Um, the important thing. I think the distinction there is to remember that adults made all of these movies, the, the crappy ones and the ones that deserve a little bit, a little more reverence. Right. And uh, it's those adults making the film that we get to judge as actually being good at their craft and having the you know not, having the right intentions and the follow through to see those intentions to the screen, and then there's adults that are just throwing some shit together and didn't know what they were doing. And Ufe Bold needs to kill himself, and it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, he, he he popped up on Twitter this week. Oh no, he's it, he's always doing he this. Up on Twitter this week, and yeah. he was just I was just like, why is this? Why? 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 Because we no. live in the age of blunder. That's why. And so, I'm people... saying there's are there are yes there are there are filmmakers who who are bad. They're just bad. Like they're mm -hmm. bad at making movies. They're bad at being humans. Yeah. And and so like you, you know and somewhere on that gradient you're gonna fall and say wow those people really didn't know what they were doing or they just made a big mess of this and but there was a studio giving them money for no good reason and I can see that now maybe I couldn't then yeah. with Dark Crystal. You just can't, you, you, none of that happened. You know, like along the way, we didn't find out that uh, Frank Oz was a hack or whatever. Like we just, it's just, it's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. And it's old. That's the other thing. Like sometimes we talk about that didn't hold up. Like right. as though a movie has to be as good now as it was then. Mm -hmm. right. But for this, it's like, it's almost the opposite. It's like, I give it extra credit for doing what it did in 1981. Like that's amazing. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you there. It's and I'm and it's cool that you could see it with, you know, for the first time and still have that, that sense. Like it Look feels upon it with your own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it clearly, you know, like when they were trying to get Labyrinth done, this thing had to have been, you know, not. I don't mean just influential, but also just everybody with money, uh, producers or whoever, were like, yeah, we've seen what he can do. Yes, please, let's let's make sure this is Henson mm -hmm. and let's get this going. And I, at the end of this, it kind of made me want to watch that again. Labyrinth um, again? But I have this labyrinth problem that I, I don't remember if I told you guys this. It's, uh, uh, let me guess. It's David Bowie's giant cod piece. No, I enjoy that. It gyrates and makes me feel funny. <laughs> no, it's not is that. It Sarah's, it's, is it Sarah's uh, whining? No, that's, that's no it's not that. It's none of those things. Yeah. It's when I saw the movie and what was happening around it. So just, just some background. It was 1986. I took a girl on a date her name was carrie sarah and i thought carrie was super awesome and i was super nervous and we decided to go on a date and on that date i took her to the movie theater to see labyrinth it was fine loved the movie had a great time she held my hand i thought that was a good sign everything's good right and she was way cuter than i had any right to be dating so we leave there and we decide to go to get dinner and because i got a 20 percent discount at chi chi's because i worked there <laughs> 
we went to Chi-Chi's and uh, a girl at Chi-Chi's who I had dated but had dumped and had barely a relationship with. Like the the maximum was uh, held her hand and I think we saw a movie together also, but it was really nothing. But she was kind Scott of... got the hand holder. She, she was kind of crazy. <laughs> she was a little nutty. And she... She's the one, by the way, a bit on TMS. I told you a story about the the yellow bear with the knife in it, and it was on yeah, fire yeah, in the yeah. middle left of the night. Yeah, left it on your desk. Yeah, yeah or left it on your doorstep. That's yeah, right. and like two o'clock in the morning. This is the same girl. So she's working that night, and when I get there, she has told everybody, including my manager and a bunch of other people I knew there, that she was pregnant and that I was the father. And this was all happening that night after I'd just seen right labyrinth. Date, yeah. <laughs> and I freaked out because I was like, oh, my gosh, no one's ever accused me of this. You can't get pregnant from holding hands. Like, what is this about? And I just I never had like stalkery, weird kind of psychopath stuff happen to me in re- in a relationship, at least not to that point. So I said, well, I better take you home because she was very uncomfortable. So I took her home and I went home and I felt so nervous about this whole thing. And I had eaten a bunch of non-alcoholic um <laughs> Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, margaritas yeah yeah margaritas, yeah right, remember yeah. that they used to be a huge thing to do <laughs> and so i was loaded up on these non-alcoholic margaritas and i go home and my mom's like you don't look so good and i'm like oh i don't feel very good and before i know it i am up off the bed and yakking all over my mom's toilet uh-huh. and it's all i will never forget how red <laughs> the margarita barf was <laughs> And Ugh. and she's like, That'll what is wrong? Too, probably. And, I'm, and I'm like, mom, this girl says that? I got pregnant. That's Scott's labyrinth story. <laughs> and so she says, oh my, my mom was like, like, what's hey. wrong? And I said, this girl says she's pregnant. And her, her name was Paula. Oh, my gosh. Even saying the name makes my hair stand up. And I and so we had this whole conversation. And so the entirety of that night is tainted by freaking Paula and her psycho right. bullcrap. And so in my head, I can't say labyrinth or talk about that movie without thinking about that right wow. it's like ptsd in a way it's really yeah. sucks so there's the story i don't know why i told it enjoy that roll that around and put it in your pants hey you remind me of the babe what babe? <laughs> <laughs> not paula the babe with the power freaking paula she was psycho what, oh my god what is it about a terrible puke remember memory that <laughs> The color of the puke is so vivid in the memory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So well, true, dude. Because the color of the puke was so vivid to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> but it always is. That's the thing. Yeah. No, you're like, right. I, don't know. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you the color of any puke in my any of my puke stories. I, I, I had stories, but I can't. I'm, I can't think of them. Yeah, I'm. I'm more of a consistency kind of guy. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that one. That was the one that was really thick, or that was. The oh, one yeah, this was, one was more like uh, Campbell's yeah. uh, split pea yeah, soup, yeah. and then this one was, it was more chunky. like. Uh, yeah. 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 There's one. Yeah. There's one. Uh, it's more like boba tea. People are turning off the show now. Oh God. Ah. Poor genie is like, oh, they they're talking about puppetry. I love this episode. Oh, they're talking about puke. I'm done. Yeah, Jeannie might be out at this point. I, I used to work at this company that was hiring new people all the time. And whenever it was like a young guy, we would always do this this thing where we would challenge him to defeat the reigning champion of milk drinking. Uh, so like we would declare that one of the no. people that worked there already was the milk drinking reigning champion. Mm. And then have the new guy challenge like challenge him for the title. And, and I, it was amazing how often the new guy would fall for this and we would start a milk drinking competition. Oh my gosh, dude. So, so the person that had, that was in on the joke and who was declared the reigning champion 
would go into the milk drinking competition and just take it really easy and just like drink drink a, a regular amount of milk at a regular pace and then but then the new guy was trying to win and we would also put money on the line and oh, so geez. the new guy would drink milk like a madman and then have to go puke and i just like every one of them they'll tell you like their their lasting memory of it all was running to the bathroom to puke and then the puke is cold coming back because Ugh. It's so fr- it's so fresh. Like this, the milk is, this is why I don't do food challenges of any. Sort. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, should, no. you never should. It is always a scam if yeah, someone challenges you to anything food wise. I challenge you to ingest this. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're not like, wrong. Well, you know that mm-hmm. people saying they had that, and I didn't fall for it. I just want to. I want to state for the record, I did not fall for the milk drinking champion uh, prank. Yeah, but every every single one of them be like, it's so weird when you're throwing up and it's cold. Yeah, that is not a good. Yeah, that is a bad bad sign. I'll say that uh, it wasn't the you know it wasn't the worst night of my life, but it's up there. <laughs> like it's up there, <laughs> being accused of something I didn't do, and then it yeah. felt like my. I mean, I'm too young to. I was immature and I was too immature to understand how dumb it was. But at the time, it felt I like my entire my entire reputation was being exploded. Sure. And even though she was never pregnant, and it's all provable, and it wasn't a big deal. I just never. That was the most irrational behavior I'd ever witnessed in anyone. So, so what are your uh, what are your memories of 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 her? It, it, did, she, did she look like Agra on that night? Was a little that bit, kind of, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> and I ended up dating this Carrie girl for a lot longer after, and it all worked out fine. And she was super nice, but it was just like that night. It's one of those teenage nights I'll never forget, and it was such such a negative feeling. So I feel bad because Labyrinth should have a a happier uh, spot in my heart but it's just anything that night i all the stuff i remember i remember things about the car that pissed me off on the way home i remember uh the dog was in my way when i got home and i was so mad at the dog <laughs> get away dog yeah <laughs> i'm having a bad night get away from me just we're just very vivid sort you of you slave stuff. squeezer yeah so it, but i don't have any of that association with dark crystal it's just nothing but a pure happy time at dark crystal uh-huh. so did did uh well speaking of squeezings uh so when uh Kara when Kara had her life essence sucked out of her she you know she started getting the the big rings under her eyes and everything right, and baggy, right. I I couldn't figure out I couldn't figure out if I I wanted her to regenerate slowly over time her life essence or if I needed her to go back and drink her own life essence I wasn't I was, I was torn. I, like, I, you, you, look, we may as well just get to it now. What grossed Scott out the most? What grossed me out the most is the idea behind what uh, what your freaking life liquid essence life essence is. Yeah. is. Yeah, that's disgusting. And also, who would drink that? You nasty Skeksis rat man rat. bastard. I decided that it tastes like an amaretto sour. Oh, well, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that makes it worse for yeah. some reason. So, oh, that, yeah, it's, there's no question what the reason is. It's disgusting. It's totally <laughs> gross. Like, what is your squeeze? Yeah. What are you excreting? What is this? Like, right. it, you got a light in your eyes, and suddenly you're, what are you peeing into a tube? Is, uh, is it a catheter? It, like, how are you getting it out of you? Like, yeah, it was, it yeah. was just, yeah, it was not good. And why, why looking at the dark crystal's underside through a mirror sucks your life essence out? I don't get it. Doesn't make any sense. Look yeah. at it from other angles. Cool effects, it's reversed, though. First, because. Because the, ah, uh, the dark crystal, so like, instead of giving life, I've never exactly, called that. Exactly, <laughs> right? Because it's Ibbit, a reverse, it's a mirror you. image. Oh, oh, that, that is smart. I never thought of that. Ah, great. I've seen this movie like 50 times. That never even occurred to me. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> I honestly don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when they're in the in the thing, doing it now. <laughs> 
when they're no, circled around, when all the Skeksis are circled around the, the dark it. crystal, it's giving them life when the sun yeah. hits it. Yeah. And oh, then when they I have it reversed so with the thing. Yeah, because they it mirror it. Because it, it's mirrored, and, and the reversal is the reverse quality, so it I mean, I don't know life. if that's if that's. It makes sense. No, I think I think it actually sits. I think you're on it. I think you're sense. on it. I think that's it. Even if it's not, it's a better explanation than the movie gave. But the uh, <laughs> the thing about it I've is, officially given it more thought than the, <laughs> the writers. But the, the it goes back to um, I think Dunaway mentioned it earlier. It goes back to these brilliant air bladder techniques they used, yeah, and yeah. to have those creatures, the little potato people, go from smiley cute little roly poly to like these oh, zombified yeah. cataract eyes looking creepy face stuff that was that, so cool yeah the cataract yeah, eyes but, like i can understand the bladder thing but man to be able to create little lenses that go behind the eyes that because that definitely looked like a practical effect yeah, and not a digital yeah. effect yeah yeah oh yeah well it definitely wasn't and, digital and for the time it had to be a, a practical effect sure yeah. i don't know if there's like something in the back of the head that just like pushed up a couple of couple of pieces of something white to, in I the rear know. of the eyes. I don't like, know, but it's, uh, it was amazing. Yeah, that kind of stuff is neat. Randy, you were yeah, gonna. You right. sounded like you were gonna dissent on that. What were you saying? I was no. I was just gonna say I I have heard over the years uh, Henson's ec- explanation for the movie being terrifying to children, mm-hmm. and I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Like they just they made a movie that's terrifying. Like they there's some aspects of it that are straight up horror mm-hmm. and not for kids under a certain age. And that's just all there is to it. Like, that, well, the, the, you know, the whole vaping off of the right. potato p- people is just—it's horrible. Like, Fan- well, <laughs> right. And in in fantasy, <laughs> fantasy and fairy tales has its root in uh, morality tales, and uh, this is just an extension of that. Uh, you know, it, it it was intended; those stories were intended to scare kids from, you know, keep keep them in line. Uh, right. So th- it, it makes sense that by extension, this would carry on that. Yeah. I wish Henson had said that. I right, wish right. he had said, he <laughs> "Hey, said, fairy tales are scary." Yeah, we made a scary movie because we appreciate that there have always been scary stories that that small children hear, right. and right. we, you know, like we we believe that that's entertaining. Instead, he provides this like psychoanalysis about kids need to be occasionally scared in order to emotionally mature or whatever. And it like it's like I I don't know Jim and Scott's tweeting at me. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. I well, I had to put that quote out there. I, so I did this earlier for Ibit. Ernie looking fish chucker was fantastic. And then I put Randy's quote vaping off the potato people, which is also amazing. <laughs> we're doing, and it's scary. I'm just saying, like I watched this with a nine year old, and he was genuinely scared. Like he had his hands up over his you know over yeah. his face for several different parts of this movie. So. Like I, I don't know. I, it just uh, I'm I'm not complaining. I understand. I just like let's just be honest. It's a scary movie for kids. It is. It totally is. I I, I agree with you. I don't. What was it? PG. PG. Uh, so yeah, parents, you were warned. You had to have some guidance. And, so if you didn't, have and it, this you is suck. the perfect example of what I've been calling for for a long time, which is a PG-10 rating, not enforced by the stupid MPAA, but just a PG-10 rating that we can like you know, culturally apply to certain things. Yeah. It's like the, the just... video game industry does this better than the than the yes. film industry does, and it's frustrating. Because yeah, like for sure. Otherwise, well, I don't know. Part of me thinks that if you want to keep youth culture alive in the day of cinema, you always need to have something you can sneak into and feel like you're getting away with something. You know what I mean? So like, there always needs to be a, a vague rating of R that a kid can go. Oh, I'm gonna. My parents think I'm gonna go see this Pixar movie, but really, I'm gonna sneak into Tarantino's right. thing. Like. 
there's something about that as a rite of passage when you're a kid, but I take your meaning. I totally get where you're coming mm-hmm. from. Uh, all right. What else do we have here? There are a few things that uh, I noticed. For example, if you sing to the Beatles, they'll move. And I thought that was kind of funny because <laughs> I just pictured Ringo and Paul and... You know, <laughs> I guess we'll step out of your way. Yeah, get out. I guess we're not getting in your way. I don't know. That was, that was definitely not a Liverpudlian accent. <laughs> no, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> I liked it. That was a good kind of I'll bad. be the first to admit it. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Uh, it was the 16th highest grossing film in America in 1982. Uh, in Japan and in France, it was the number one grossing film those years. It's important to note it came out with only two weeks left in that year mm-hmm. in the United States and Canada, and then it had the whole year to run in other countries because it came out in early 83. Right. It also and opened the exact same weekend as E.T., which is a, exactly that's yep. rough. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah, that's Some a heavy rough, competition right there. Rough the, piece of the business. Kid, the kid and parent dollar. Yep. And also, the, yeah. uh, the Thing, right, was also that big at the oh, box office. Was time. it? I don't know. Yeah. Is the thing from 82? That feels out yeah. of place, but I guess you're right. Yeah. You're wow. totally right. Uh, this is my favorite trivia. Early drafts of the script featured Jen and Kira traveling through the underworld where they encountered a race of underground mining creatures. They didn't end up using it, but the concept was later integrated into Fraggle Rock in 83. So a year later when they launched Fraggle Rock on HBO, uh, a delightful Henson production, yes. if you've never seen yes. it, uh, is uh, that was supposed to be in this. So there you go. Frag Rock, yay. It would have been yay. shared universe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Henson, the HCU. It also, it's, <laughs> it says here all the Skeksis were originally based on the Seven Deadly Sins, um, but mm. there are nine of them, so this is uh, right, I'm skeptical. Originally it was 12, right? Were there? Didn't they, didn't they pass that pass us real quick? Originally there was 12. Oh, I don't know. You know what's weird, though, is, is hearing, like, the Emperor in Bed dying is the voice of Dave Goles. Or no, wait, I'm sorry. Is that him? Or am I thinking of Brian, Brian Mule? It's either him or him. But anyway, these two Get are like, like old school puppet dudes. Been on Sesame Street all those years with him. And like pretty much with Henson all the way through. And they do voices even today. And um, let's see. I'm They're not tra- paid for it. They just go around and annoy kids. Right. They just annoy kids now. But uh, let's see. I'm trying to find this here. I can't find it. But anyway, I recognize his voice immediately as... Um, who, who's the Muppet that goes to Google in the movie? Works at Google, and he's like the nerd that helps Scooter? Kermit. Scooter. He's the voice yeah. of Scooter, so the Emperor's dying, and all I can hear is Scooter. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I don't hear that at okay. all. It's hilarious. Yeah. You can hear Scooter going, eh, I'm still there. Well, I have clips. I'll play it later, and then you might be able to cool. pull it okay. out. But it's, a, it's weird to hear all of your old Muppet pals from like various Muppet yeah, iterations. That's funny. Yeah. Huh. That aren't just Frank Oz and his weird... It's like everybody else as well. All right. I have clips. You guys want to hear clips? Do you Are you in the mood for those? Oh, my gosh. All right. I got some. Hold on now. Where the hell did they go? Should I bring Tina down to listen? Because I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to have one that she's just absolutely going to want to hear. Well, she's going to really want to hear this Frank Oz one. I don't know if she's heard it before, but he kind of does this whine sound. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, here's the... Uh, I already played the song. Here we go. Uh, the movie does it a lot, but I just captured one of them. It likes to say the name of the movie, so here you go. The Dark Crystal. There you go. That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, likes to say, it likes to say what you're seeing a lot, and... I got the impression from the uh, you know, like the the making of stuff that that was added late. Like it, the movie wasn't originally shot and edited with uh, this Gelfling character constantly saying, "I am holding a crystal. 
I am putting on my shoes. I like that. That was that. That was just visual and not heard. And they went and added it because test audiences weren't picking up on what was oh, going on. That explains the narration times where he was just talking in his own head. I wondered why that stuff was in there. I didn't love that. It's not my favorite way to tell a story. But that often happens, right? Test audience goes, eh, I didn't get it. Yeah. And then they add some narration like uh, freaking Blade Runner. Yeah. And there's so much narration in this one. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. More than you expect. Anyway, here's some of that chanting. It's a nice little chunk of it. <laughs> Billy, you're a little flat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <what I'm thinking. laughs> There's some cool. They remind me of my dog at the time and my dog now. So there was something about the dying one laying its head on the side that just reminded me of Rainer when she's pooped and snuggling uh, with oh, me. Oh, yeah. okay. Not, <laughs> not dying, just, you know, tired. That got weird. Yeah. Well, she's not, you know, she doesn't disappear like a Jedi. She just... I understand. I understand having to lay down after a good poop. I get that. <laughs> no, I mean, she's pooped, like tired pooped. Like she she ran too long at the park. All right, here's uh, Gelfling talking to Grandpa, Grandpa Gal- Gandalf. Uh, here you go. Gelfling, I have told you of the Skeksis. The Skeksis killed my mother and father. Oh, man. Just, ah. Gotta get those Skeksis. How many times have I told you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, too many. It reminded me a little of Nicodemus or something in uh, Secret, oh, yeah. Secret, Secret of Oh, yeah. Secret of Nim. Yeah. That movie. A little bit of that. Huh. Oh, that movie's so good, dude. That's also mm. a good movie. Scary. Oh. Oh, you got janky there for a second. Yeah, oh, did I? you're good now. Good now, yeah, you're am good I, now. Am I still? You're good now. Fine now. Scary. It's the South. I blame it on the South. Uh, here's your. I put hate your whimper. Oh, <laughs> here's the one yeah, that Tina yeah. would like. Here you go. I hate your whimper. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just I really ringtone. <laughs> I just really appreciated understanding what he was saying there because yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, it was hard to understand a lot of the Skeksis dialogue. Oh, absolutely. Hard. Yeah, the Emperor guy, the the guy that took over because he won the Battle of the Stones or whatever. He he was pretty. He would enunciate. He just yell a lot. Um, and then the the prof- uh, professor uh, essence sucker down in the basement, he was pretty good at talking. But a lot of them, including not just Frank Oz's character, but like the lady one or whatever she was, mm-hmm. was just like <laughs> oh, the, the one that ate all dainty and stuff. Yeah, yeah. with the, it had the weird finger appliances with all the food right. on it. <laughs> it picked her teeth cleanly. And so stuff, much yeah. work to make a skexy. It's crazy. Totally. Yeah. Or skexics. Anyway. I'll never forget, dude. There was a, in the 2016 uh, run-up to the election. Uh, Ted Cruz had a bus that says "cruising or losing" or I don't know what it said. Some weird Cruz thing on the side. And there's a photo of him out front talking to some reporters out of the bus. But in the shot, it looks like a Skeksis is driving his bus. <laughs> and I captured it, and I have it somewhere. And when I find it, I'll put it in our Slack. So I have it right see. here. Do you have it? I'm looking at it. it you're absolutely right. It <laughs> really. It says, it says cruising to cactus. There you go. Caucus. 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 Cruising to caucus. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. On one side and on the other side, the bus says cruising to victory. Yeah. Put that in the, put it in oh, Slack God. so these guys can see it because I can't find my copy, but I captured it ages ago off some website because I swear it looks like there's a Skeksis driving that bus. Right. One of the most terrifying. impressive things at, uh, at DragonCon a lot of times in Atlanta 
there, people come in as uh, Skeksis, and it's just the most amazing uh, thing to see in real yeah. life. Yeah. Oh, By the way, imagine. this Jim Henson Museum in Atlanta mm-hmm. is fantastic. If you get a chance and you're mm-hmm. that way, you should totally is he go. From, is that where he's from? Is Atlanta or uh, Georgia? I, uh, that's a good question. I don't really know. I don't think, I don't, like, from? I don't know. He, uh, he had some work there, but yeah. If you're in the mood to do a little deep dive on Henson, I would recommend searching for Jim Henson and coffee commercials. Uh, these are late fifties black and black. No, I don't remember the brand, but it's black and white late fifties commercials. Some of his first work he ever did. And he, it's kind of a Kermit character, sort of like an, like proto Kermit. And then a weird, I remember these, I remember, and they're kind of, they're kind of violent. They're great. People should go watch those. They're fantastic. They're really short. They're like 10 seconds each or something. Anyway, put that photo in our thing, Randy, when you get a minute, we'll do, uh, here's a, oh, Here's a command. All right. Jeez, dude. Wow. Neil Bow. Which is it? Neil Bow. Because <laughs> if I'm bowing, I, I sure can be kneeling. <laughs> and you want me to. <laughs> won't you just pop a you squat? You want me like... to freeze. Can't <laughs> right. be you... down on the ground. Yeah. Won't you pop a squat like uh, Agra does in that one scene? I'm like, she's just walking around. Oh, it's yeah. like, I think I'm to pop a squat. Oh, she, man. That harkened back to Brandy's intro. It did, did look like she was going to take a big dump on the floor right, right. there. Yeah. Noises <laughs> as she was making whoa, 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 whoa. And Skeksis are, doing? you take away she all their very... frills and stuff. Skeksis are gross underneath there. You don't yeah. like it. She had yeah. a very, uh, uh, not just Steven Tyler, but a very, I don't know who the artist is that did the art for Pink Floyd, The Wall, mm. but mm. very mm. much like that style, especially the mother character. And oh, I wonder if there's any right. sort of inspiration for that, too. Could be. Same era, though, too, right? Like, kind of-ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 80s. Years, yep. years before, but yeah. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're uh, in that, <laughs> I'm doing like Mad Max here, but... In that uh, Love, Death, and Robots show uh, that's on Netflix now, which I highly recommend to everyone always, there is a segment called Zima Blue that uses a style that reminds me of the wall. Um, so if you're into that hmm. sort of thing. And also, it's probably the most anyone can watch it and not be offended <laughs> thing in there. Because the rest of them all have something. Well, not really. I don't know. There's right. like a StarCraft-ass The, the three robots thing. walking through the post-apocalyptic uh, is pretty is pretty tame. Pretty sweary, though. Like, a lot of yeah, F-bombs. Yeah. Uh, but well, if, you're, yeah, okay. if, if that's what... If you've got kids around, I guess is what I'm saying. Zima Blue yeah. is just like a... Or Blue Zima. I can't remember the order. But it's it's mm, super artistic and weird, but also extremely <laughs> tame. It's, it's I have cool. some right here, Zima. Yeah. It yeah. made me wish that we could sack that, like the whole series. Yeah, like it would. I think it would be really fun for us to all just sit and watch it, and then have an episode about it. Maybe but it, it would also be. Mm-hmm. It would also be. A I lot know. Of as stuff. soon as that's, as soon as heavy metal is streaming, we are absolutely doing heavy. Didn't metal Didn't we do for... heavy metal? I thought we did heavy metal. No. No, I don't think so. No, we did. We got we got it from a listener. I think maybe did we? Is that what we did? Maybe that's the Here, deal. Let me look. I think. Let's see. Heavy. I don't yeah, know. you're right. We never did heavy metal before. Brian's right. Yeah. I feel like we just come real close a couple of times or something. But yeah, yeah. we uh, John Candy's in heavy metal. We got to do it. Yeah, that's got to happen. And uh, I want to say Rick Moranis too, as little a little nerdy guy. Yeah, he was credited as Rick Moore Anus though, which is <laughs> as, as is the requirement for heavy metal. Yeah, heavy metal wants to take you there. All right, here is uh, same dude who does does lots of different Muppets. You'll hear this voice now. This is the Emperor guy. So here you go. <laughs> That is totally 
the guy well i looked it up too so i know but it's the guy who did uh i forget his name now the one i said earlier the the the, the, the good oh, scooter scooter he's scooter freaking yeah. scooter can't think of scooter's name I'm not hearing it at all <laughs> yeah i can totally hear it it's weird okay anyway here how about this and lots of lots of stuff on sesame street here's oh the but you know kermit's little nephew um yeah uh what's his name whatever but kermit has a nephew on sesame street or uh, maybe it's on muppet show but that's totally him yeah it is. you can hear it right there can, oh well, gosh I'm okay all right yeah, you kind of hear take it. Up the vocal fry a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, some of these are just weird. I wrote. Oh yes, my Lord Chamberlain. Time to choose an emperor. Dude. Yeah. By the way, you're okay. thinking of Robin the Frog. By the way. Oh, Robin. That's it. Robin, Robin was his nephew, right? Yeah. yeah. And at night they became Bat Frog and Robin. <laughs> uh, get back! You can't. What? All right. Well, here it is. Chamberlain, no. Wait, stop. You can't. Get back, spithead. <laughs> spithead. Spithead. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, here's a 70s ass sound effect. Most of the movie didn't really have a lot of this. It was orchestrated sound or uh, or- orchestrated uh, music and all that. So that was all good. But once in a while, they throw one of these in. Here you go. Hate that sound. Stuff. Wow. Borrowed it from Filmation, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Pull right out of Filmation or freaking Logan's Run or one of those. Right. I po- I wrote, this place is weird. This place is weird. Oh, because he literally said it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder little... why you titled it that. Yeah, huh? weird. <laughs> yes, how strange that I did that. Uh, I don't know what this is. Now I've got the shard. But what do I do with it? What is it? Am I supposed to take it somewhere? Dude. Just take the shot. Literally what the mystic was telling know. you at the beginning yeah. of the film. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't listen to your mystic dad. Yeah. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's quite the um, uh, insult. You putrid lizards. I like it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Who was she? She was great. Uh, yeah. Who played the... Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Uh, so you're talking about the the person doing the Agra's actress, voice. the voice, right. yeah. Voice the performer actress. was Frank Oz, but the now was Frank Oz speaking too. Yeah. You know, it wasn't him talking. Frank Oz does Miss Piggy too, right? He does. Am I getting that right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he used to. He doesn't do it anymore. Hold right. Sorry to get there. Once you get uh, Billy Whitelaw. Billy Whitelaw. Mm-hmm. That's a lady. There's only one law, and it's Billy Whitelaw. Oh, we know she her from Hot, Hot Fuzz. Fuzz. Yeah, she's in Hot Fuzz and The Omen. And the Omen. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've seen her a couple of times, turns out. Yeah. Her, oh, her last movie was Hot Fuzz, and she died age 82 in 2014. She oh. was in that uh, Merlin miniseries on Stars. Is that right? Oh, I don't know. That I mean, she was, in, she was in something called Merlin that was a mini, TV miniseries, and I think that was on Stars. That, that was the question. Was Stars? Oh. Oh. Oh, oh, right. I remember this. This yeah. was the young kid one. Yes, right. Right, okay. Yep, Merlin, right. that was the thing. And then also... Man, she was on one episode of Space 1999. If yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Which I wish which that exactly was how, Which is exactly how many I remember. <laughs> you remember one episode? Wow. <laughs> if that much. She looks Happened really episode. familiar to me, but I guess she was on Hot Fuzz. She was just one of the townspeople or whatever, probably. so. It's kind of funny because it's not a very good... It's kind of an angry-looking IMDb photo. Yeah. And it kind of looks a little bit like Agra. 
<laughs> like if you if you really uh, caricaturized it, that it would be totally Viagra. Yeah, but listen to her vo- vocals. You putrid lizards! Damn. Yeah, jeez. All right, here's my favorite Skeksis. Crystal bats fly! Search the land! Search the water! Search the sky! Nah, he's my favorite. <laughs> they're not in the sky. Well, I guess they're right? bats. Why would you search the sky? Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Hold, grab my thing while I things. search the sky. It's a old song. It's a, what's his name? All right. Uh, the three phases. Please. Oh, wait. Please. Sorry. The three pleases. This made me want to scratch my ears off. Here you go. Please. 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 And you did more than that, but I only did three. Yeah. Oh. Please. Yeah. No wonder your wife wanted to wonder what the hell you were doing there. Yeah. Uh, most annoying sound in the movie. That freaking dog, dude. Wow. Oh, that yeah. sounds exactly. The <laughs> that sounds exactly like what Brian Dunaway claims his milk frother sounds like. <laughs> Brian Dunaway. Brian Dunaway, were you playing that sound earlier before the show? Perhaps. Who knows? Yeah. A milk it's frother. Funny. It's funny that that is that is you're you're absolutely right. That is the most uh irritating sound of the film, but there were a lot of contenders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It just wins in the end. Well, it was it's mad because they didn't want to. It's wanna... just a freaking. It's just a freaking Tie Fighter. Seriously, yeah. play it again. It's just a Tie Fighter. I, what? I that's have not, done that's it. not it. Hold on. Oh, it kind of is. It's <laughs> <laughs> like we got him now, it's kid. Like, Don't get cocky. It's like <laughs> a faulty Tie Fighter that the other like. I think you better go ahead and take that thing and looked at. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it still flies, but maybe it, it veers to the left a little bit. Yeah. After this fight, you probably want to take that into maintenance and see if they can look at it. <laughs> Luke, get the one on the left. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I want to I put that now in the, uh, like to do a little meme of it, but uh, it's not terribly relevant either. Right. You know, the put, Star Wars reference or the Dark Crystal reference. Put this yeah. gig in, a, in the back of a Typhoon. Yeah, I like that. I'd watch that. It's not a bad idea. Meme it. Fed time. I don't. Yeah, exactly. All right, here's an obnoxious exchange at the end of the movie. Or, well, the last clip I took. I don't know when this was. I, I have done this. I have caught her. I bring you the Gelfling. I was wounded. I, I think Still that, trying to be uh, Emperor. Yeah. Chamberlain. Chamberlain's a bastard. Do you think Chamberlain, uh, or do you think Frank Oz just has to gargle, like, salt water all the time? Like, oh, man, that no guy. No kidding, because that has got to hurt your throat. I can't yeah. even go... Without it hurting a little bit. Without a cough. <laughs> yeah. He's just... Yeah. I left a floater in the toilet. <laughs> I just didn't flush. It was me who left it there. <laughs> uh, all right. That's it for your clips. And therefore, now this. The film sack checklist. The Gelflings are creepy as shit looking. Check. Mm-hmm. The Skeksis are gross eaters. Check. And the Emperor needs to find his chill. Check. <laughs> he was really spazzing out later. Oh, he was. And he yes. drank, well, drank the essence the, and then it grew back. The food and everything. Jeez, yeah, Louise. He was really something. Uh, Star Trek Connections this week we got from Daryl Skeels, the Trek nerd. He says that the only one in here is Deep Roy, who played, quote unquote, a additional performer, but probably body doubled for the... Um, it was probably uh, Jen running in the background or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But he played the role of Kenzer in, uh, he was Scotty's pet in the 2009 Star Trek 
and the oh. 2012 Into Darkness movies. Yeah. So there's and that. every Oompa Loompa. Yep. <laughs> yep. All the Oompas. Yeah. Well, all the new ones. Yeah. The bad, yeah. the one and the bad one. Actually, I kind of like that movie. People get yeah, that. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not as good as the first one. It's not as uh, nostalgic and good as the first one. Yeah, but it's, I don't hate it. Yeah, but yeah, it's exactly. not. It's not the greatest. It, it, yeah. It's a good reminder of the the wall between Star Trek and Star Wars. If we were doing Star Wars connections, you'd still be naming names, mm-hmm. and like it just there's just not a lot of crossover nope. when you look at it. Like, you know, like my favorite IMDb photo of the week, by the way, is Tim Rose who. Uh, Take a look. Uh, apparently, there's no picture of Tim Rose anywhere in the world. Mm. So all of the photos of Tim Rose are oh. of him inside. <laughs> or something. He's always uh, he's That's always uh, Admiral yeah. Akbar. He's Akbar. He's salacious crumb. He's yeah, uh, Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, we just have Jabba's to butt. assume that he's in the Jabba thing somewhere in there. We don't know yeah. which guy, but right. <laughs> should be a little arrow. I'm here. Oh, yeah, look at this Could you guy. imagine if you were like a famous performer and every picture of you didn't include you? Yeah. Mm. This guy's been working since 77. What did he do? Dark Crystal. Oh, no, no. Something before that was some TV series. But then Dark Crystal's wow. his first real oh, movie. And then he's just in every Yeah, puppety... but he was, in, uh, he was in The Last Jedi as Admiral Akbar. So, man, he, yeah. he's... Uh, still doing it. He's staying... Yeah, still doing it. Did it in Force Awakens as well? Uh, before yeah. that, at last time he played Akbar would have been Return of the Jedi. So he hasn't. He played Ak. Oh, didn't he just die? I thought he no, died. He's, no, no, he's still yeah. listed as alive. Someone, yeah, sixty-two years old. If you go to his Wikipedia, but it might, you might be thinking of the the uh, the voice. Maybe might be somebody else, right? Oh, he right. Might be, he might be in the suit, but there might be somebody else who does. I the think voice. that's what I'm thinking. Uh, let me this just check what, real yeah. quick here. Hmm. Akbar, Akbar, Akbar. Hold this on. way, this way looks like uh, if you go to Wikipedia, they have a great picture of him. He looks like Admiral Akbar. <laughs> does he? <laughs> Don't look at it, Brian. It's a trap. Let's see. I've got here oh, no, no, no. Admiral Akbar voice. Uh, he was um, Eric Bowersfield, and he did die. He was ninety-three, mm-hmm. and he died right before uh, Jedi or this last one, Last Jedi. I think. Oh, uh, Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he did voice for the. 2015 one anyway there's your, there's your link in the oh he does look jet. like him a no. little bit He's a, he does look a little, <laughs> a little like the guy he kind of like you just move his eyes to the side and uh right. <laughs> he's a mon why calamari. would you not have why would you not want that to be your picture on imdb i don't get it i don't know maybe Probably he didn't care. Don't recognize it because he right? was almost 100 he didn't care this is IM, <laughs> imdb who's that for that's not for some guy that's already done with his career he didn't care um all right uh where where was i oh uh, let's get to the uh, soundtrack grade i'll give it a g for great thought it was good i liked it um yeah. it's not in particularly like hummable or earwormy but it's a quality orchestrated soundtrack by i don't know who yeah there's nothing at all wrong with that soundtrack yeah it's good that would be um trevor jones trevor, trevor jones, jones we've heard before on films right. Why do I know that name? Uh, Trevor he, Jones. Uh, I, I would in my collection the the standout Trevor Jones score is Last of the Mohicans. Oh, okay. Um, All right. He also uh, he Full also name, by scored the way. Trevor Alfred Charles Jones. Mm. Oh yeah, he's got tons uh, of things. Notting Hill, yeah, along, Dark City. Along in this discussion, he also scored Labyrinth. Uh, you know, so there's mm-hmm. yeah. Last thing so he did was in twenty eighteen. Yeah. I picked up the vinyl it. of the Labyrinth other day, Ibbets. Yeah. Oh, really? It's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that Barnes and Nobles carried so much vinyl. 
Yeah. They do now. They didn't used to, but when the big vinyl thing hit, then um, they totally started carrying it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was... I saw this really cool thing. I almost bought it, but I didn't. It's a uh, uh, it's a jukebox, about two and a half feet tall. Maybe. And it uh, <laughs> um, you put your vinyl on the front of it vertically oh. and put a little locking cap on the spindle so that it doesn't fall off, and then the needle sits on the side and then it does the whole world through cool. bubbles and stuff like that it was only huh. 150 bucks and i was so close to getting it's like you know what what am i going to do with it nothing mm. nothing he Look was he was extremely busy in the 80s and 90s that guy got tons of work in fact he did the soundtrack to angel heart that's the one where oh. the, the cosby kid really has have. a shotgun on her uh, uh hooter isn't that the deal there brian <laughs> has a gun on her hooter yes. Yeah. Yes. Lisa Bonet gets a shotgun in the in the in the hooter. In, in the, the hooter. hooter. Yeah. She, she has the famous naked scene that we were all scandalized by. Um, I think I think Trevor Jones is worth a revisit for certain things. Like I vaguely remember Mississippi Burning, mm. and I'm like, I may watch that because it's a good he's, movie. Like maybe that's a score that's worth uh, you know worth watching a movie for. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he did the music for one of my favorite movies of all time which is dark city i love that movie yeah that, that needs another watching i think I we should film that sack that business just to just that look. one i did do think we did didn't yeah. we uh, i don't think so did we did we do dark city oh no getting, not yet we've talked about it many times we're really? getting to that place where i just i'm starting to not remember anymore what shows we've done yeah no we haven't huh yeah no dark city it looks like uh, we, we, it's because we did uh, vanilla sky <laughs> oh yes you can't do both yeah you can't do yeah. both or it's like touching yourself and time cop yeah That's, it's in my mind in my mind vanilla sky blots out dark city yeah if you watch both of them you, if you watch... think it's so dark <laughs> uh, it's an awesome movie though oh my gosh not, not streaming but it but we need to put it on our watch list yeah it's got that open group and fear guy in it and um that's from, that's in that new uh Man in the High Castle, and also uh, Kiefer Sutherland in a very weird role. It's an awesome thing. Yeah, yeah. And yet another movie with a director's cut without narration. It's one of those. So you can get oh, a, right. the director's thing without hearing Check it out. Uh, Jack Bauer talk. Anyway, there's that. Uh, now let's move on to the uh, Twitter post. This is where you guys sum it up in 280 characters or less. Let's start with Randy. The Dark Crystal. All you have to do is bring your eight-inch-long part to this gathering of people who moan a lot and push it into the hole. These tweets write themselves, Ibbett's House. Oh, Ibbett's House. Got it. I was waiting for the, that bit. I wasn't sure how I was going to squeeze it in. in. Uh, <laughs> or squeeze like, it out. Just like a Saturday night in Ibbett's House. Right, right, right. Uh, also, Brian Dunaway. Oh, the dark crystal. Like a landstrider's tongue striping at the lock. Oh, wait a minute. I'm starting over. All the right. dark crystal. Like a land strider's tongue striking at the lobster back of my childhood memories. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Yeah, that tongue. All right. Alone then. <laughs> that, that tongue thing is weird. I forgot they had tongues. And then in that yeah, scene, they, I was I like, don't, they didn't pop out oh, until yeah. it was time to go. And I was like, oh, is that their Ooh. junk? What is that? That's By the way, not, yeah. not really a happy ending on this movie, if you think about it. Like, yeah, the land is remade green and fertile and everything, but there's only the two of you yeah. left. Yeah. Ever? Yeah. yeah. Holy well, shit. Well, you can you make and more. The p- potato people. Gotta repopulate. Little Muppet Muppet on Muppet action. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't the movie doesn't give you any indication that they these two can breed. Or maybe, you know, maybe well, they should have shown us some, you know. It should be okay. Something. They should well, be okay. It's gonna be on Netflix, so I'd expect there's gonna be right. tons of Gelfling nudity. Okay. Yeah. Lots of yeah, right. <laughs> lots of Gelfling nudity. 
I don't think I'm comfortable with that because to me they're like children. They're not adults. Right. They're not adult gelflings. They're just kids. So a bunch of naked gelflings is a bad idea. The other thing I would say is uh, uh, at the ending of this thing, you got the potato people. They can all they can intermingle and create some half potato, half half gelfling. Oh no! Oh, wow. <laughs> Why not? You do not want a half gelfling and potato gelf people. Really? Yeah, gelf pods. Gelf you don't pods. want that. No. All right. That's fine. Feel a little fizzy wig and a little hairy. Yeah. Potato. No, person. I don't, Roll yeah. around everywhere. Fantastic. All right. Yeah. Finally. Oh, by the way, that's, that's one thing oh. I wanted to say. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to let Brian Ibbett do his thing. Brian, do your thing, and then we'll oh, go yeah. back I'll to I'll do him. my thing first. Yeah. And this kind of carries back to that whole pot smoke and uh, Dark Crystal thing going on. And I had two of these. Uh, the Dark Crystal. Dude, where's my shard? Nice. Yeah. nice. And uh, the Dark Crystal. Kira and Jen go to Black Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Those are better alternate titles than I've been handed. Yeah. Those are great. <laughs> Get out of my lava tube. All right. you. Sorry, Dunaway, you were going to add something? Oh, I was going to say, I meant to mention it during the show, but I was really impressed with the number of rolling puppets they had, and I just couldn't ever quite, oh, quite figure yeah. out how he was making them roll. So know. here's the deal. They uh, you can even get these. They're like um, I used to have one of these, and and I don't know what happened to it. But imagine like a uh, it's a wind up toy, mm-hmm. and imagine it looks like a ding dong, like a um, <laughs> what kind of a ding dong? Like the like a hostess ding dong. Oh, okay. okay, okay, okay. Covered, good, good, good. covered with fur. So basically, a hockey puck covered with fur, and then you've got two legs that come out of it and both point the same direction. So not straight out, gotcha. but like, and you wind it up, and this thing just. It just rolls and it rolls in this weird mm. chaos theory kind of all over the place kind of way. And That's I used to have one it? of these, and I wish I still did. Is that how they did it then? They just had yeah, rigs yeah. Like they that? they talked about that in the uh, interesting. Maybe it was an, on IMDb in the making of thing, but they, right. they talked about how those things were made. It's like, oh, I had one of those. Those were so cool. Oh, uh, I want one. I kind of they there are triples like this. I think you can buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they roll by themselves. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, really good. Uh, good thing there. The, it, I never felt like the dog was fake. It always felt like a real creature that could just roll that, around. And, uh, oh, the dog, the uh, right, right, Fizz, Fizzwickle, Fizz or Fizzgeek. Right. Fizz what geek. is it? Fizzwig. There you go. Fizzwig. It's a terrible name. Um, all right. Uh, oh, uh, just handed to me some inferior alternate titles. Let's take a look. <laughs> <at those. laughs> the Park Pistol. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, or the Stark missile. I don't, I don't know why any of this matters or why I said why, it. But why are you trying so hard them. to rhyme, Scott? That's bad. It's a, had a bad night last night. All right, hey, let's look at these emails we got from listeners. These are uh, sent to us at filmsack at gmail dot com, and we got one from Jeff Sipperly or Cyperly. I'm not sure. It says to my favorite podcast. Oh, this is good already. I like this. While you don't always make bets, you do from time to time, and what should the winner or loser get seems to be a quandary. How about this? The loser of the bet gets the unfortunate task of being forced to watch and sack a film that he has vetoed in the past that the <laughs> other three have wanted to sack. I don't like this game. Yeah, I don't yeah. either so far. He says, cue the eagle, leave a laugh. And then he says, keep up the great work, guys. Lots of laughs you provided over the past six years, uh, late in discovering you, but it's. De- uh, but I've now listened to every episode. P.S. Probably won't, uh, sorry, won't happen, but would love to be uh, Scott Fletcher for an episode. Just putting it out there. Take care, <laughs> Jeff. Well, Jeff, uh, send me a, for an upcoming movie. What's Well, we haven't talked about next week's movie, but for an upcoming movie, you send me a little clip of some line from the movie, and I might sneak it into one of our intros. I'd do that for wow. him. I would totally do that for him. The, uh, is he overseas? Is he taking, taking Scott Fletcher's job from overseas? <laughs> yeah. Is that what's going on? Yeah, here? India, I think. <laughs> 
just this week we're you know doing some maintenance on our upcoming list which we have to do regularly in order to have a list of movies to watch mm -hmm. and uh i was just throwing out a bunch of movies and and scott vetoed one one of them that kind of gave me pause and i had to really think about it and it's the blues brothers and it was like why does scott mm. veto the blues brothers and it almost felt like a brer rabbit thing like yeah. i was like I, if i think about this too much it feels like scott is trying to get us to talk him into watching the movie because mm. he really secretly wants to i wish i liked the blues brothers i hate them I don't like it. Really? <laughs> I've never enjoyed it. I've always never been my thing. I, oh, I, wow. I've seen that movie multiple times, and every time I think, well, maybe now I'm ready for it. Maybe now I'll see why anyone cares. And I always come out on the other side going, I don't like the Blues Brothers. I, I didn't like them on SNL. Huh. I love those two. I love Jim Belushi, and I love... Except um, it's John. Or John, sorry. I don't love Jim. Jim's, Jim can go do his own. Oh, Jim's fine. Wow. Whatever. Well, all of a sudden we go from liking. <laughs> Jim's okay. Jim Jim Belushi's not his brother, but he's all right. Anyway, but uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd are two of my favorite ever people. Jim, Jim Belushi is John Belushi's brother, isn't he? Yeah, they're brothers. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Totally oh, you said he's not his brother. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. You weren't saying he's not his brother. You were saying he's nowhere as good as his brother. Yeah, he's nowhere as good as his brother. Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. you know, whatever. It's hard to do that. How do you? It's like Chris Farley's right. brother. That guy's kind of funny, but he's no Chris Farley. He's but anyway, no uh, my point is those guys are great, but I just, whatever it is, I can't explain it. I just do not like the Blues Brothers, and I don't want to watch that movie. Huh. So if we did this wow. deal like uh, our listener is suggesting, that would be one you would saddle me with in the in the bet category, I guess. But uh, it's I funny. I mean, I, I wouldn't put that in my top fifty films, but I do love that film. Yeah, I just I don't know what it is. It's me. It's a me thing. I'll admit it. And as much as you love Ackroyd, it's still not something you can. Uh, no, you it's can... my least favorite Ackroyd. Like I can watch him in everything well, else. Well, we need to watch Doctor Detroit then. Yeah, really? Is it bad? It's bad. <laughs> okay. It's really, really bad. Because I've seen. You know, we did watch. Uh, what was the one where you had the penis nose? What was that called? Yeah, was, uh, nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble, which is yeah, one of the that, worst that's, movies. That's, in... that's the Shawshank Redemption compared to uh, <laughs> Doctor Detroit. Wow! All right, that puts it in perspective. Maybe we yeah. should do Doctor Detroit. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know why Blues Brothers just not my thing. Never has been. Uh, so there's that. Oh, one more email. We got this from. Uh, can't find his name. <laughs> Oh, here it is, Tom. This is from someone named Tom or Newland Void in the chat when he's there. So, hi, guys. First off, congratulations and thank you for giving us almost 10 years of film sack. I have enjoyed them all. The sacks, that is, not necessarily all the movies. Have you considered for the actual anniversary going back and sacking a movie for a second time, say Kroll or Waterworld, or perhaps even uh, more meta, you could sack your sacking of a movie like Kroll? Secondly, The Exorcist 3 is streaming on Amazon. I highly recommend it for film sack, the true sequel to the first movie. It stars George C. Scott, Jason Miller, and a bizarre cast of cameos from my personal favorite performance by Brad Dorif. We do like him. Hmm. Uh, thanks for the years of laughs, Tom, in the chat. Uh, he also says, um, I'm very excited Thank and you. nervous about your sacking of The Dark Crystal, the biggest imaginative influence of my childhood, second only to Star Wars. I think you're, well, you've already heard it now, yeah. Tom, but I'll bet you liked it like we did. Yep. Because I don't hear any hate today. We really didn't have a didn't have a, a real bad thing to say about it. No, mm -hmm. it's a good movie. Uh, the the idea of sacking a previous film or a sacking of a previous film, I never thought of that. I don't know. We'd have to talk about that idea. I don't know. Yeah, I I think the sacking 
the sacking of a sack <laughs> would be would be very very difficult. Yeah, um, but we I, have talked about like someday, like we're gonna end. We have to end this show someday. Mm-hmm. And what would what would it be like? What movie of all the ones we've seen would we watch again for that last time? Like one thing, and like mm-hmm. I always bring up Tremors, just because for some reason we all like film sack itself really crystallized around mm-hmm. that film. But I don't know. Well, and it's you know there there have been only a couple times when the four of us were all together at a nerdtacular doing a film sack, and that was uh, that was one of them. I think only. Twice it happened, right? Well, no, we did Tremors. We did. There was one other one. Oh, you're right. There is only two. That's literally what you're saying. Is there were only two where we were all there? <laughs> yeah, because in 20, 2014, Dunaway was there, but Randy wasn't. The year before that, right. Randy was, but Dunaway wasn't. So right. it was 2011 and 2012. I want to say were the two years where we did all four of us. Yeah, and I can I remember Tremors, and I can't remember we, what the other one was that we and did. Like the for episode one hundred, we did the most prototypical movie ever for film sack, which is Last Action Hero. Yeah, and it's like, well, maybe we do that again, or maybe we just do episode one again. Like we didn't know what we were doing in episode one. Right, you know? Kroll, Kroll could be interesting as a return. Mm-hmm. Um, do over. Know, this is an interesting idea for the ten yeah. year anniversary. It feels like more like we we could do. I don't know what we could do. We could, it would almost feel like we'd need to do more like a we put the list of our movies in front of us and we do kind of a roundtable-y kind of moderated chat about favorite moments, least favorite moments, favorite uh Yeah. We get uh, Jamie we get Jamie yeah. to go dig up some famous clips from old episodes mm-hmm. of you know favorite moments that we could play oh, back. Like a, uh, we should, like we should do a total we get Lipton to moderate it. Uh, right. We yeah. should totally do a cheater show where, you know, like <laughs> Like episode of TV where they go, oh, here's the best clips of the last. 10 when you years. die and go to heaven, what what phrase from a film sack movie do you want Saint Peter to say at the gates? Yeah, like where it's it's there is a possibility of something fun there. I don't want to do just a clip show, but it would be no no round tabley thing with round some clips table discussion thing. I think would be far better. Yeah, yes. I would enjoy the heck out of that. So who knows? We got till October. We gotta. I guess we gotta be thinking about that because October is our ten year anniversary for the show uh thanks for your emails guys you can send those to filmsack at gmail.com and uh you can also leave us voicemails now these days at 801-471-0462 we love getting those so send some of those in 801-471-0462 and we'll play it right here on the show our next film is miami vice Mm, the movie uh from uh 2006 is it Yes, 2006, Michael Mann, set aside a little time. It's over two hours long, and you want to watch it all in one go. It's very, very emotive, this movie. It's got a lot of, a lot a lot of dark emotions for you hmm. to, to wallow in. I would say more style than substance, but that's okay, because that's Miami Vice. And also, this is, you know, for people that don't know this, famed director Michael Mann, who we last, I think, delved into when we saw Heat, um, an incredible director by all accounts, and his, but where he started was television, and Miami Vice is his creation. So he, this is him returning to a, a thing that would have been twenty years later, uh, in two thousand six, right? Ninety six, eighty six, yeah, eighty six was when that yeah, show was going yeah. on. So twenty years later, returning to his own material and making a film adaptation, it's kind of a big deal, I think. And I know a lot of people poo poo on this thing. I like it. And um, I think a couple of us have seen it's, it and like it. So. Yeah, and it's been recommended to me. So this will be my first watching of it. Oh, and good. my good, first good. watching, first full watching of anything with the name Miami Vice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. 
It doesn't yeah. matter what 80s show we talk about. It's always one that Brian hasn't seen. He was. Yes. What were you watching in the 80s? I forget now. I apparently was playing too much Atari or something. Man. I don't know what the deal was. but uh... I mean, all the stuff when we were kids. I'm always surprised at the stuff you didn't watch. I know. No Dukes, no Miami Vice, no Riptide. I was watching Simon and Simon. I was watching uh, uh, Moonlighting. Yeah. No, I was watching uh, no, uh, uh, no Fantasy Knight Rider. Island, Love Boat. No, uh, no Knight Rider. No Knight Rider. You know, no if no any BJ you, and the Bear. If any of you know Ibbett, you know that him making sure to catch Love Boat and Fantasy yeah. Island every week <laughs> is right. totally his thing. It's totally and it's funny because it was Yeah, it totally was. And it's funny because it was a uh, um, it was a thing with uh, just what my family was watching right so you kind of you know if you don't have a tv in your room you watch whatever everybody else is watching and that's the shit they were watching yep, so i get that i totally get that yeah. but it would did you ever watch the love boat and go i don't know who any of these people are because all the shows they're in i don't watch also <laughs> yeah no i it's i basically be like oh i know this person from the love boat <laughs> like, who's that david hasselhoff what do you know him from the love boat <laughs> i mean even charo what do you know Charo from? Well, I guess I know her from the last time she was on Love Boat. <laughs> I don't even know what she was doing. I only knew her yeah. from Love Boat, so I'll give you yeah. that one. That's pretty funny. Anyway, so next week, it's My Hammy Vice. Nice. With a very cool soundtrack, and uh, I think it's cool. So we'll see how it goes. You know who you got in there? You got your uh, um, your uh, Jamie, Jamie Fox, Fox as Tubbs. Yeah, you got Ray as Tubbs, and then as... Um, the other guy, not Don Johnson, Colin, but uh, Colin, Colin Farrell. There you go. And yeah. I can't remember, did Tubbs or Don Johnson make a cameo or no? Randy, do you remember? I don't think they did. I don't think so. And and oh, it's important spoiler. to note, it's important to note, uh, this movie's really not that connected to the TV show. Like, you're just as well off saying, this is a movie about Simon and Simon are moonlighting. You know, like, it's... it's <laughs> oh, I'm in! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two of the shows Brian watched in the eighties. Right. Well, okay, now those I watched. Yeah, sweet. No, so I'm saying this is some sort of buddy cop drama. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but it's also so it so takes itself so seriously. Does I, Phil Collins make an appearance? Oh, and the mm-hmm. I can feel Does Don it Henley coming. make an appearance? See, you know all about the Miami Vice music connection. Dude, I know. I totally know about. I mean, I you know I know about Miami Vice, but I just never watched an episode. of Miami I don't think Vice. the Jan Hammer music gets played. Which, uh, when maybe you buy TV Guide, you don't need a TV. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Jan Hammer music gets played at the end. I think in the credits okay. or something. The so there is some, there. yeah. Jeez. And then J- Edward James almost was also um, in this, the show. People don't remember this or maybe they do. He won Grammy or uh, Emmys for this oh, yeah. role. He was so young. He was so good. Oh my gosh. But he played the, yeah. um, he played like their, their, uh, sergeant, the angry, yeah, the angry captain, sergeant, whatever captain. There you go. Yeah. And so they would, they'd have to answer to him and they were, you know, he was always telling them they were cashing checks. Their cars couldn't cash or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> <laughs> your pastel, your pastel, uh, ja- uh jacket. Yeah, cash. exactly. And your no socks wearing shoes, ass freaking uh, that nasty. Was, that was the homecoming slash prom look, uh, for our right. era in the, uh, big time. Uh, during the Miami vice days was the big white, time. white, uh, sport jacket with the pastel colored shirt underneath. Usually pink. Or or yes. or like a, a or sky blue. blue, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! And the sleeves rolled up, and your shoulder sleeves pads. Holy shit! Top siders, no socks. I did this. 
This was me. <laughs> Photo, photos are, it didn't happen, yeah, Scott. <laughs> I can find them. They're somewhere out there. My mom's got something. Them leather wicker shoes are going to stank with no socks on. <laughs> You're not kidding. Yeah. And I always yeah, used to think, did. I'm like, oh, look at you driving your hot Ferrari, but you're closed in that Ferrari with tubs. Why isn't tubs pissed at your nasty, smelly feet that have been on sweating in those shoes all day? Gross, mm. Don Johnson. Gross. Anyway, that's coming next week. Miami Vice. Uh, that's it for the show. Filmsack.com is our website. And as always, leave us voicemails, 801-471-0462 or an email at filmsack at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Filmsack and leave us reviews wherever you get your damn shows. That's going to do it for us, oh, for me, Scott. for Brian, for, for I almost did three Brian's for me, for Brian, for Brian and for Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. This place is weird.